So, uh, welcome to Face for Radio. Uh, we do this show every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific. And it is Ladies Night. And this is the Lady Viking. And joining me tonight is... Fact Checker Tara. Sarah and- Monster. <laughs> and SOS. <laughs> And we have an awesome, awesome docket put together for you guys tonight. Um, there were some really cool uh, trailers that premiered this week, and uh, we're going to get uh, talking about that really, really soon. But uh, first, we, we have to do something. It's it's a ritual thing, and it is the most important thing. So uh, who are we going to call? We're going to call the doctor. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah Monster. This Hell is yeah. Face for Radio's official theme song. This is Cat Robe Show and the Darling Misfits with somebody called the Doctor. And right after that, we will start talking about Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Stay tuned. It's an emergency.
welcome to Face for Radio, and thank you to those of you who are tuning in. Uh, we very much appreciate appreciate your our listeners here on the show. Um, it's Ladies' Night uh, here, and uh, once again, uh, this is the Lady Viking, and uh, joining me is Fact Checker Tara, Sarah Monster. And SOS. Indeed. We got a full panel of awesome ladies for your listening uh, pleasure tonight. Uh, So, you know, something happened this week that I think uh, maybe a few of us have been waiting for, but they finally released the first full trailer for the live action Beauty and the Beast. And uh, it looks pretty damn stellar. I'm so excited. Well, tell us about, tell us about that, Sarah. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, I love, I yeah, uh, I love what they're doing with all the Disney movies. I feel like, uh, you know, they're taking all these classics. And at first when they started pulling all the stuff out of the vault and like redoing it live action with computer stuff. And part of me was like, what, you have no new ideas? Really? Right. But they're doing such a good job. Every time I get so excited. I loved, I loved the Jungle Book mm-hmm. and Cinderella was pretty good. Maleficent, fucking stellar. Mm hmm. Um, and this looks phenomenal. Like the castle, so pretty. And I love all the like, they fi- we finally got to see all the talking, like, because I wondered how they were going to do that. I was like, are they actually going to have talking candlesticks? They have talking candlesticks and clocks. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. I really like the way they did the animation on those two. It doesn't look like super campy or extra cartoony. It's like, you know, as much as a talking candlestick is believable, it's still pretty believable. Yeah. And I think uh I think Emma Watson in that role is just fantastic. So it's a perfect casting choice yeah. for Belle. Yeah. Did you see the uh, interview when she was talking about it? she's like, I get to be Belle. <laughs> just like the childhood joy on her face. She's like, I get to be Belle. We all know that feeling. Well, not really, but I can imagine she that knows, feeling. She knows that feeling that we all wish we had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lucky. Absolutely. I I remember when uh, The Little Mermaid first came out and all the girls in elementary school wanted to be Ariel. So Fuck uh, yeah. But I also remember when this film first came out and man, did it bring me to tears. I mean, it was one of the best animated films of all time <laughs> back at that point. So to this day, the ballroom scene is gorgeous. Yeah. Like the big sweeping like camera shots uh-huh like so the, the animation stands up like like through through the through the years like with the with my little mermaid and with uh with uh beauty and the beast beauty and the beast uh. jesus christ Tara. <laughs> jesus christ but uh yeah jesus. yeah no jesus. not enough coffee today <laughs> take a nap over here it's fine um but uh yeah, no, the animation stands up and the way they're doing the way they're doing these these live action versions is like they they don't I feel like they're not using CGI when they don't have to use CGI and like with Maleficent, you know, it was like really really well done and very clean and like I feel like this Beauty and the Beast jam is going to be super dope, like really cinematically impressive and and I love Emma Watson and you know, like and the story is, you know, classic great. And classic yeah. and, and something that can't be, you don't need to dick around with it. It's great. I totally agree. And I, after seeing the trailer, you know, I was just like, you know what? I, I really think that this is going to be pretty goddamn spectacular. So I honestly can't wait to see it myself. Uh, I, I think the casting choices are perfect. Uh, even the guy who's going to play Gaston, whose name is not 
ringing a bell off the top of my head. Luke Evans. All right, Luke Evans. So Luke Evans was in uh, the Hobbit films. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the screen again. And, uh, you know, just just to see how they they play with uh, live action. I think it's going to be amazing. There are no bubble. men on this podcast right now. Thank you very much. Sit down. He's a man who likes men. We can like a man who like men. Yeah, I, I like Matt Bomer and Zachary Quinto. Yeah. And, and Harrison, don't even pretend like you don't have some lesbian crushes out there. I'm sorry. I'm just going to put this out there, but I love that Gaston is gay. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy that. Nice. I, I really enjoy that little tidbit. That makes me super happy. He, he looks like he's aesthetically extremely good for the role, too. Yes. So, like he just his facial features in the in the trailer, like his facial expression in the trailer is just spot on. Perfect. Those cheekbones, though. Cheekbones for days. Damn cheekbones. Chin dibble. Does he have the chin dibble? <laughs> yeah, it, they can't. Kind of they there. can't see you. Who's <laughs> wavering your hand? Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Uh, I don't yeah. know how to like enunciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kinda. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, Beauty and the Beast, it, it's looking like it's going to be pretty awesome. And I'm sure it's going to bring all these ladies a little bit back to their childhood. So if you're listening to the show, you want to give us a call. Our number is 408-883-7539. Uh, we will take your call if you want to geek out about with us about something. Uh, go ahead and uh, give us a call. Um, so now we're moving on to our next story about the... Uh, I always have to clear my throat before I say this. The evil Disney empire. Bum, I can't help bum, but think bum, about. Bum, 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 bum. Right. <laughs> you can actually do that now. I yeah. know. <laughs> they do actually own that. And please, Disney, don't sue us. <laughs> no, they won't. They won't. Come on. They're not even listening to this. Yeah. But, uh, and we're not making any money. So <laughs> that's right. Right. We're not. Jokes profiting. on you. We're broke. Right. Indeed. Well, anyways, uh, di- digressing uh, here. Uh, so. So uh, Disney has a lot to do with the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, a big company that also has uh, some some things to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Netflix. Um, A lot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe shows are coming are out on Netflix like now, like Daredevil, Punisher. Uh, They're doing a Defenders series series, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. It's it's actually all done extremely well uh, on the streaming service. So um, I guess there's rumors that Disney is thinking about acquiring Netflix and adding it to its um, <clears throat> evil empire. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about that? Oh. <laughs> so I was looking at this article and it's already that uh, five telecom companies own 90% of media. I think it was six. Is it, is it six? I think it's six. Because um, I kept talking about like the big six. Six, you're right. Yeah. Six companies uh, own 90% of all media consumed in the U.S. If Not you, just movies, people. Media. media. TV. Radio. News, for the, yeah. yeah. Internet. Yeah. Everything. Internet. Various websites. Like that's it. So Netflix is huge. Like. That that would be even more to one of those six companies with uh, ABC Disney. So that's frightening for me, at least. And this has been a big year for for Disney because they got 
See, they took on Marvel and Lucasfilms. And what was the other one they picked up this year? Well, I know that they've had Pixar for a while now. Yeah. Um, okay. Officially. Um, but and now, okay. I think, I'm not sure uh, if they have anybody the else. Okay. But yeah. So they're just, they're just, they're just like the blob. You know, they just keep getting bigger <laughs> and just absorbing things into themselves. And, oh, or like in Katamari Damacy, where they're like picking <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's, a, it's a giant media ball. Yeah. Uh, I am not super comfortable with the idea. Um, but honestly, as a consumer, I'm more concerned with like how they will... Um, decide what media gets to be displayed on their streaming site because so many people are cord cutting these days that uh like Hulu and Netflix and you know Amazon Video and like all of like Vudu like all of these streaming sites like they all have an app they all have a big customer base they're all like pay to watch and stuff like that you can even buy single episodes if you want on like Amazon Video which unfortunately is not supported on Chromecast, which makes me really upset. Um, but uh because Amazon and Google and you know, oh yeah, all that things. But um Turf Wars. Yeah, no, but like what I the reason I have the services that I have is because they have differing uh content. And if that content on Netflix gets, you know, cut in half or is is anything that Disney considers not, you know, uh, friendly enough for them. Well, like, they're super tight on their, like, all of their, that's why we were joking about, like, oh, don't sue us, Disney, because they do get super uppity about their stuff, man. And so, like, if they're going to take over Netflix, like, what what are we going to lose? Um, well, yeah. Oh, um, okay, so if they pick up Netflix, are they going to keep Viacom shows and Viacom movies on there? See? It would, depend, it would depend on if, um, you know, they're they they can make a deal with Viacom. They'll just or buy Viacom. Vi- yeah, it's vi- <laughs> and then it's five companies that would have been right. Uh. Um, but but it's just like the things to think about that Disney's owned over the years. Like my uh, I had friends that did an everything owned by Disney Halloween party one year, and so you had to do something that was uh, that was owned by the Disney company. One of my friends showed up as a character from Pulp Fiction because Miramax at that time was owned by Disney. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's not like they Are don't. Are they still? Miramax is no longer owned okay. by Disney, but at the time it was. Wow. So Pulp Fiction so, is a Disney asset. Yeah. Right. So, like, Think about that, folks. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hurts your brain a little bit, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> what makes me nervous about this is that that is that there seems to be this unpre- unprecedented leap towards monopolies again, especially in the media and the radio uh, businesses. And, um, you Buying know, with impunity. Yeah, indeed. And, and there were, you know, there were times where this was considered illegal and these things were broken up, but now that's why Since, we're also proud of our our wonderful capitalism because it's supposed to be a free market where you can't have a monopoly on things, right? Oh, welcome, welcome, but you can. Welcome to late stage capitalism where when you retire you get another job, right? Mm. In other words, psych. Uh, so I'm I'm I am nervous about the possibility of Disney acquiring Netflix, and um, you know, like you guys have also been pointing on, um, you know them restricting content or changing content. I, I love the fact that, that Netflix can do a show like Orange is the New Black and show all the gritty stuff uh, on that show. 
I I just like the random like gore porn that I come across. You know, oh, like yeah, the, yeah. just the terrible. The you ever terrible, watch Wolf Cop? No, I've not seen it yet. I've, okay. I've come across it, but I haven't watched it yet. Watch it. But you know, like all of the random like like B and C and D and fucking Z movies that are on there. You know, like they're real bad ones. Like I don't know what was that Wolf one Cop. about beavers. Oh yeah, I saw that one. Uh, what was it? Zombie beaver or yeah, yeah. zombie yeah. beavers? Oh my yeah. god, that, that <laughs> show like, was so ridiculous. It was it's so ridiculous. And you put it on, you put it on, and you get real baked, and you watch it, and you're like, ah, there's lots of blood and screaming. It's cool. <laughs> like and occasionally then of course, there's all a booby. The, yeah, you know, sometimes all of there's the a killer booby. vagina. There always jokes. has to be a booby. There, there always, always has does. to be a booby in, yeah. in the gore. Otherwise, but it's like, not proper. Is that not going to be okay? Is that not going to be okay when Disney buys it? Is that because not where family else, friend friendly? Where, where else do I where else do I buy like watch these things it's like I can't find them on Hulu and I can't find them on Amazon video and right like what am I gonna do like is it what does Netflix and chill become when you don't have random shit to just come across you know PG-13 yep. oh yeah Netflix yeah. and hand holding <laughs> Netflix and snoogles <laughs> we definitely don't want that so mm. I, I think there's consensus here on the panel that Disney uh, go fuck off. Do not buy Netflix. We don't want you. They're just fuck getting you. really good, man. <laughs> fuck you, Disney. Thank you for Beauty and the Beast and, and go away. <laughs> we have also another huge trailer that got released uh, this week, and that's the trailer for the live action version of Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson. And, you know, there's been a, a bit of controversy about this casting, but I, I want to put that aside for now and just talk about the trailer itself and and what you guys think uh so far from this initial blush she's a real party in that oh in that i white, know uh, I, that leotard. I really i really enjoyed the trailer too because uh like i don't know cowboy design was not pumped on the title track or the track from the trailer um that i saw at least it was like a read remix of, of depeche mode yeah of depeche mode and yeah. he was like this cover sucks and i was like uh you know, I, I like it for the visual. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's Ghost in the Shell. And um, it's something that I really enjoyed uh, when I, you know, was first, like, watching anime and stuff like that. And um, I am really excited to see how they they manage some of the things that happen in the anime because it's anime. And <laughs> anime is sometimes... Absolutely not. I'm not just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like unreasonable. Like, why would you even put that? That man's head exploded. Like, <laughs> literally exploded. Like, how do you do that? I mean, I mean, you, you could. Expl- they did it in network. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm I'm actually really excited to see it. Um. Yeah. Um, the way they shot it is gorgeous. So. It's it's almost shot for shot. Yeah. Like it's it looks from the trailer at least, it looks almost shot for shot. It's really dope. So Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I haven't I haven't watched the anime in years. So maybe I have to again. Uh, um, it probably would be neat to brush up on the story because I also haven't watched it in like five or six years. <laughs> so Yeah. Probably around that long for me too. Yeah. So but um it looks gorgeous. Like I will give it that. It's, a, it's another um, one of those really visually stimulating. Yeah. 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 And it, it looks like whoever they pulled together to direct and produce this is, is uh, definitely got the visual aspect of the anime down. And, um, you know, I, I watched a comparison video showing the original anime trailer with this new trailer that they created for the live action. And it's, it's practically a shot 
first shot replica. And I thought that that was really sort of a stellar thing to do for the fans. Uh, Cause the fans are going to see that and they're just going to be like, Oh my God, they, they matched it shot for shot. You know, this is going to be awesome. But um, I, I like to judge a film based on its merits. So, uh, you know, after watching the trailer, I will say I'm intrigued. I, I probably will definitely see it and then have an opinion afterwards. Uh, uh, Sarah monster. Did, did you have anything to say about the, uh, well, show? I'm, Hi, everyone. Just got back from the bathroom. <laughs> Treacherous in there. No, I'm kidding. It's a, a bachelor pad. We're yeah. in a house of men. It's way better than it used to be. Well done, gentlemen. And by gentlemen, I mean Harrison. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ghost in the Shell, though, totally on the same page. Loved it back when it was on TV all the time. Watched it several times through. I have reservations, as I'm sure we all do, especially if you loved the show. You know, the fact that it's played by a white chick. We're going to overlook that for now, but I will be, I will be very critical, but I'm also pretty hopeful. It does look pretty badass. Uh, it, it looks like a fun watch. At least. It does. It definitely does. Lots of fun action and some cool CGI and robotics. I, I love the sci-fi genre anyway, so I'm always down, but. And Scarlett Johansson in a bodysuit. She suit. is pretty cool. Goddamn. Yeah, yeah. That was, it's she's a little nice weird. That you're like, she's at. naked. Wait, no, no nipples. She's. What is she? She's, she's a robot, so she's it's not fine. Naked. Yeah, she's she's not quite naked. I mean, she's she might be, but she's uh, she's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have had a crush I'm, on her for so long. I'm okay with that, though. Like I I I'm you know I might just their overlook. boobs don't be scared. No, no boobs are great. <laughs> like you know, like Big not fan. not even because I enjoy them, but because she's comfortable enough to put them out there. So yeah. that's her biz, and the studio's biz, and everybody else's biz now because we're gonna be looking at them. But well, to be fair, know. let's face it, that's not really what she looks like naked. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. This is um, true. Can but... I can I bring up one other trailer that we're not gonna discuss because it's not on the docket, but it's something that I thought was really cool. Go for it. Um, there was a, uh, a live action trailer from, I, it's either China or Japan. It's not in English, but it's a full metal alchemist, uh, live action and it looks super rad. And I just want to say that I'm really excited about maybe coming across a dub in that in like the next five years. So like, or, you know, maybe getting a full dub of that released in, um, in theaters would be dope because I don't, uh. I don't speak any Asian languages at this point. So, yeah. It would be kind of hard to watch without a, a dub or at least some uh, subtitles. I'll take subtitles, subs. yeah. I'll take subs. But yeah. Based on language uh, or the names of the uh, director and everything, it looks like it's Japanese. Oh, okay. oh yeah. No, yeah. it is definitely Japanese. Oh, okay. no, the, 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 yeah. Uh, I was, Tara I was, was unsure. I was unsure oh, of which, okay. which uh, country. country. It came oh, from. no. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, Japanese. Super Japanese. Yeah, but no, it looks really rad. I'm but. actually really excited because like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but growing up telling people I watched anime and they just like glaze over and I'm like, no, you don't <laughs> understand. Yeah, a lot of it is crap. But you know what? A lot of American television is crap. But some animes are so fucking good. They have great storylines and they're really fun. And people just are instantly like, nah, I don't watch anime. I'm not into that. It's like, let's make them into movies and get them out there and be like, no, look, people, these stories are like in depth they I, got some good ideas it's I have fun. a confession oh yeah I'm not a fan of anime no I was like not either oh. I was not either and then I came across FLCL I used to be I a junkie oh fully coolie yeah but it's so good I and it's it. so it's so ridiculous that it's, it's just so, you well, kind of just have to 
just look at it. Where are my eyebrows? There is one anime that my friends like <laughs> literally sat me down and changed me, chained me to a Cowboy chair Bebop. to watch. No. Dragon? No. Berserk. Oh, Berserk oh. is super good. I actually really, really enjoyed that anime. And the, the manga it, is really good and super detailed. It was the first detailed. time I ever yeah. really enjoyed yeah. an anime anything. So, um, again, there's a lot of bad ones out there, but there's yeah. some good. Yeah. I need to continue to explore ones. it a little bit more. So may, maybe they maybe are a bit of a commitment, but yeah. unlike American TV shows, they have an ending in sight. Oh, they usually good. go two seasons. Some of them. Okay. You know, not all of them. Full metal alchemist, not even close. Berserk there's, also not even close. That's true. But again, a lot of them do. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like here, TV shows are endless. Yeah. Sometimes they are. Um. So continuing on with our docket of all things awesome, uh, SOS here uh, contributed a story about uh, some things involving Daleks. Okay. Okay. So, um, I'm really excited about this. I actually. Uh, Power of the Daleks is something that's going to be on BBC on Saturday night. And what happened is, um, for those of you that don't know, uh, there's a lot of episodes in early Doctor Who that you can't actually watch because the film was destroyed. And every couple of years, um, you end up finding some of the film in some random ass country that BBC sent it to and they were supposed to destroy it, but they didn't. Um, And then... And then Whovians everywhere rejoice and it's beautiful. Uh, But what happened in this case, in the Power of the Daleks, the only thing that they have left is the sound and random stills from uh, from the show. And it is the first instance of regeneration from the first Doctor to the second. So it's a super important part of the series as a whole. So what they decided to do was they got the the audio from the episode and they animated it. So they took some of the stills to be able to um, look at the facial expressions. And there's like tiny bits of film that they could watch to look at some of the movements. And then they just animated all of it. And if you like the style in which uh, Archer is animated, it looks very similar to that. I totally and they, thought that. <laughs> and they did it all in six months. It's like two and a half hours long and they did it in six months and it's just super impressive. And um, Fathom Events, who are the people that put the opera and um, and random like 20th anniversary of Space Jam, 20th anniversary from Dusk Till Dawn into uh, Cinemark movie theaters for, uh, for one or two days and you get to pop in on them. Uh, they did it where they showed it and... I got to go in there at the Oak Ridge movie theater with some friends, a bunch of other nerds and watch it. And it was just so exciting and so amazing. So wait, this isn't new then. It's been around for a while. Uh, um, the animation itself yeah. is new. Oh, oh, so you just went and saw it? Yes. I oh. saw I saw it Monday night. And you you didn't think to share this information I, with anyone? I shared it with that motherfucker on the couch. <laughs> to so. be fair, I'm I'm not always good at the Facebook. So if it was a Facebook thing, yeah, I missed um, that. I didn't. I don't know who all is Whovian, so I'm just like fuck. I don't know. Um, but you need to get the knowledge out there to the people, man. I know. Uh, but so it was something. It was something that um was uh pretty cool, and it's going to be on BBC America on Saturday night. And it should be pretty great to watch on that too. So 
I might watch it again just because it was so cool the first time. I'm down. I have a freakishly large television. Yeah. See? Like, and you won't have to deal with the technical difficulties we dealt with in, in, initially at the movie theater. Aha! Because um, they could, ironically enough, they couldn't get the sound to go with the movie. <laughs> We've lost the sound, people. Again. Uh, thank you, Cinemark. <laughs> um, to which my friends that were with me responded with, We've got enough fucking nerds in here. We could get it fixed. Just let us in. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, dude, I'm down. I'll watch that Saturday. Saturday, mm-hmm. BBC on it. I'm putting it in my phone because Saturday night is stay at home and your pajamas and eat cookies or drink and watch Doctor Who. And watch the first rebirth. If only I had that option. Yeah, we don't always. Some of us, some of us tend bars so y'all could get drunk. So that's right. And and we thank those who do that because without you, we couldn't get our drunk on. So thank you. Uh, Your selfless service will never go um, without thanks. Thank you. Thank you. My selfless service will never go unpunished by drunks at the end of the night. (laughs) (laughs) If you want me to stab them in the face, just let me know. No, that's my job. I I take that very seriously. Thank Uh, uh you, Sarah. (laughs) So um, as a quick announcement before we take a break and go to another music, uh, Space Ghost. How many of you guys remember Space Ghost Coast oh, to yeah. Coast? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is actually going to be available to stream online for free every episode. So everybody get on your Google and find out where that's happening and watch some Space Ghost because seriously, that was some funny shit back in the day. And I am definitely going to go and revisit some of that. So it's the season for binge watching. It and is. I, I it's believe, cold and rainy. I believe that some episodes will be more popular than others because there are uh, there are definitely some episodes where it's like before they got real big and then they got real big. And now there's just a random Space Ghost sort of interview out there somewhere on the Internet. And you can sometimes find them. But there's like a few that I know I've seen. But I want to go back and revisit because they're hilarious. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely hilarious. So uh, anyway, so uh, continuing on with our docket, um, in in the theme of the anime that we have been talking about, there was a big announcement this week. And, uh, you know, who who wants to go? Oh, all right. Go, go, go. Miyazaki's coming out of retirement again. Who's surprised by this? Anyone? Anyone? I feel like that man just gets hella bored at home and he starts drawing things. He's like, okay, what? Weird ass Japanese legend can animate now. It's like, like between Pocoroso and Pompoko, which SOS was kind enough to look up for me because I've been misquoting that for like four or five days. Pon, Pompoko? Pompoko. Pompoko, uh, for you who don't un- know about it. It's a, it's, a, it's a real old Japanese legend that says that raccoons can stretch their ball sacks. I, re- I repeat, stretch their ball sacks. <laughs> Over their bodies to mold themselves into another creature. And in this movie, Pompoko, they do it to become people. And it is a really interesting story. It's very, very surreal, but it is almost word for word like the, you know, the thing that, you know, you hear. Ball sacks. Of, yeah, it's, it's ball sacks. sacks. It, ball sacks. Raccoons descri- in ball sacks. The way it is described is shape-shifting raccoons band together to save their forest homeland from the bulldozers of greedy land developers. Okay, I'm sorry. In the movie, do they say ball sacks? No. It's just... <laughs> you, you, to, you, no, but you witness... All Japanese people know. You witness them grabbing people. their, like, human 
genitalia uh no it's no? yeah it's like yeah they're ball sacks it's like they grab yeah. their ball sacks and they they, they oh my god them they're like uh like a, what are like the popples they're like popples yeah sort of but and then there's they're not sack they're scrotum it's anyway it's, it's really interesting it's very well done everybody knows nausicaa and oh. princess mononoke and all, spirited, spirited away, away. You know, like, and I'm really excited for what he comes out with next. I, I mean, the he's man, Japanese Disney, but the, he's not dead. No, he's Japanese Disney that tells you that you're a bag of dicks. Like he's like, <laughs> you know, he. It's not like it's not like Disney. He's 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 Studio Ghibli. He's not prides, racist. Prides itself on yeah, <laughs> a not being racist and b like tell telling the story like it is, not whitewashing it or like making it easier to digest. Like he like. I'm sorry, it's Wonder- ball sacks and raccoons. Come on. Like, but like- his movies do tend to have really environmentally like positive messages for children, which is great. Let's How let's- did none of us mention Totoro? Totoro! Oh, oh, my name is Totoro! I'm- that was the right. first anime thing I ever watched, and I can't believe I just I used to oh. repeatedly. It was the one I used to get from Blockbuster over and over again until my dad was sick of it. I had no idea who Hayao Miyazaki was, but I was the giant fluffy gray tree spirit. Kiki's delivery service for oh. me. With the big bow. Yeah, the, the big, big bow. bow. Howl's Moving Castle, always good because Billy Crystal is amazing. Oh my God. That one is so. They're all amazing. They're all they're all so so visually impressive. I can't believe I haven't seen the one with raccoons and their nut sacks. Like Dude. seriously, <laughs> I didn't. If I would have known, man. Go watch it. Well, now you know. Purchase I, it if you have to. It's well worth it. And I'm Poco gonna. and Poco Rosso is also very good about a man who gets turned into a pig because there's he's also a Castle jerk. in the Sky, which I sometimes forget about because oh, yeah. we have Howl's Moving Castle, which and I then like Castle better. In the but sky. Castle yeah. in the Sky is lovely. I prefer House Moving Castle. So, so you guys I actually just read that recently. You were excited. Like, this is a book. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That is a real big thumbs up there, Viking. <laughs> so it's like, oh, Hayao Miyazaki's coming out of retirement. We all go, oh God, oh, what's he going to do next? Oh, you know he's got something, man. You know he's yeah. got something. Yeah. Give us the gold. And, we all, I, and I think you're totally like on the nose when you're like, he just gets bored and starts drawing. Yeah. And then it's just like, well, got to go do this now. He just well, now I've written this story, and so you know it's not doing any good sitting on my drawing desk at home. So I guess I'm coming out of retirement again. I'm sorry, Studio just Ghibli. Goes, let me make you a bunch of money. He just probably just comes out to the studio and like, oh, what are you guys doing? Huh? You know, I was thinking the other day, like I had, I had this thought, <laughs> like I should come all back. Right. I feel no, like, I, I, I feel just like, had this idea for a movie. I, or, or I was just thinking about this old, you know, this old story we have. Wouldn't it be cool if you did it like this? I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. What do you think about this color? What are they doing? What are they doing when he's not there? Waiting for him to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. Has it, have they done anything else? If they have, we ain't we ain't heard about it. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, no, because I think Studio Studio Ghibli is now run by um, Miyazaki's son. I believe, and so, and he he has put out some of his own stuff, but not a whole lot. And um, he's he's pretty amazing in in and of him, his own thing. And I think his I think his son, I think uh, uh, Miyazaki's son, is just like, dude, go home, dad. Let me do my thing. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> like you know, but, but you uh, can't. I think it'll I think it'll be so much fun, regardless of what it is. Right. It's always so much fun to watch, oh, to even fair, when it makes me feel bad. I did not go see the last one. Did anyone go see the last one? It was the was it called Into the Air or the the one about the oh that the was the one playing that was the one um that his son did oh yeah that's the the Studio Ghibli that his son did 
Oh, I thought he yeah. helped on that one. I thought that was the last. Like, I'm sure oh, this is my last one before retirement. Mm, this one. No, he no? He, he did. Uh, I can't remember what his last one was, but I th- I believe that it was his son. Uh, that I'm did gonna go check the that because yeah. I I think you're wrong, but um, let's see. That's right, fact check. Sarah, uh, SOS has got me here. So. Do it, do it. <laughs> yeah. She's making a face like I'm wrong. She's, I'm probably wrong. She's helping fact check for fact checker Tara. Right. Right. Well, the wind the one... rises. Is that the one you were talking about? Yeah, it has yeah. something to do yeah. with airplane. The last one, which again, yeah, did not he, catch. He uh, he wrote he wrote the manga for it, and it looks like he worked with his son, but it uh, was okay. His, his son's production. Yeah. All right. Thank he's you. A, he's also re- work. He's working on a short film called Borrow the Caterpillar, which they think is going oh, to. Oh, I did hear about that. It, which is supposed to come out in 2018. All right. Okay. One yeah. thing that I do really admire about Miyazaki movies and the stuff that his son does is uh, they are they're all um, cell animated. Like they have their digital backgrounds, but they're most of them are like individually animated and they are done very cleanly and very beautifully. Yeah, that's and, impressive. Yeah. So like, and you can tell the the amount of like labor that goes into every movie. And I actually really like the old style of animation, like yeah. it, especially when, you know, it's done well, obviously, but mm-hmm. like it just feels so much more fluid and I don't, I don't know. It just almost feels more natural. Yeah. I love it. I love the old style of animation and, and I feel like they do it really well. Yeah, they for sure. Um, well, the first story on our science and technology portion of the docket is about a uh, a new weather satellite that's going to be launching on November 19th. And uh, the article stipulates that it's the most scientifically capable weather satellite that the US, the United States has ever launched it's cost 11 billion dollars to make this puppy and apparently what makes it so technically efficient is that it will be able to take a sharper more detailed satellite images as well as the intervals between taking the images will be reduced to every 30 seconds which is uh, apparently much faster than the several minute intervals that the current goes weather satellites that are out there do. So what this satellite will uh, enable us to do is be able to uh, predict weather patterns a lot quicker and easier and see weather changes a lot quicker and easier. And uh, it, it looks like it's going to be uh, pretty cool. Now, what I'm wondering is, is if, is if this satellite will help with tornado predictions because right now tornado warnings are, you know, very hard to predict. And I'm wondering if we have better satellite imagery out there in the sky, if that, if that will help. And I can't help but think of Twister when I'm talking about this and (laughs) Mm -hmm. cows flying around, but what do you guys think? Well, we're in California. So, I mean, our major problems are earthquakes. We're not that worried about tornadoes. We're not. That being said, (laughs) tsunamis, slight problem. Yeah. And and the fact that I mean, you know, those are still kind of earthquakes. Yeah. Well, but um also we've been because of uh climate change, we've been getting more, That's where and I was more going. tornadoes around this area. Yeah. Including uh quite a few in Sacramento and uh one a couple years ago in that tore the roof off of part of Sears at the Sunnyvale Town Center. So Yeah. It's not global warming. It's a thing, people. <laughs> it's it's not a you know, it's a very rare thing if we ever get a tornado that touches down 
in California. Um, but we do do get windstorms that that do create funnel clouds here and just touch for a second and it's enough. And to, um, to destroy stuff because we are not even prepared to deal with that much like wind or funnel action. Like our infrastructure is set up specifically for earthquakes, earthquake, yeah. which is something that you can't see on a weather satellite, unfortunately. That's and, true. Um, to be fair, but, this satellite is also not just for us. It is for everyone, including the tornado torn tornado alley. Yeah, yeah like, no, Texas Kansas. and shit. Kansas. Yeah. Kansas and, <laughs> and Minnesota's been getting a lot more recently. Yeah, and um, I think it's going to be more, uh, I feel like it's going to be more effective for places like Florida and uh, the Gulf of Mexico, where we've been having a lot of the weird tropical storms and uh, and hurricanes yeah, and stuff, hurricanes and and the sure. and the the increasing number of you know high level hurricanes and and uh, you know like potentially hurricane esque tropical storms and stuff like that, um, because you know. Uh, global warming that dude Florida's fucked man yeah, no. we're, gonna, yeah. we're gonna lose Florida <laughs> <laughs> well apparently the big earthquake is supposed to make California fall into the yeah. ocean but that's already actually been scientifically proven to not be true it, it can't happen that way we are we are still in for quite a shakeup oh, uh, in the sure. next it's supposed to be the next like I don't know, 100 years, yeah. 75 years or something like that. Our where, coastline's going to look radically different. Yeah, it's uh, not just the coast, too. Our mountain ranges are going to change drastically. Um, the They, you know, and the only thing that saves us from tsunamis is the Mariana Trench, like specifically right. where we live, like the, the, you know, the big trench off the Monterey Bay that um, eats up all that excess wave action. And that's why we haven't been wiped out yet. So mm-hmm. yet, yet, yes. Unless, yeah. Well, um, I mean, there's only so much that the deepest trench in the ocean can. Unless the giant meteor hits, and then you know, at that oh, point, we're all we're, fucked. We're all yeah. fucked right? I mean, <laughs> uh, what what is it? I think I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, what it, what is the quote? It's uh, on a long enough timeline, everybody's uh, survival rate goes down to, to zero. zero. Yeah, I don't. We're even... all gonna die. But luckily, this satellite might help us set that day off. A little bit more. Well, the um, yeah. the article says and other severe storms, thunderstorms, hurricanes, and other severe storms. So, so it's not very I'm guessing specific. tornadoes. Yeah, like wind, yeah. wind, wind storms. Probably anything that probably has a cloud formation. Yeah. Uh, a, 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 you well, know. Also, uh, plumes of wildfire smoke, which will be quite helpful for us in California. Yeah. Oh yeah. And volcanic ash, not as helpful. But uh, but with how many wildfires we've been getting as of late. That's something that will definitely help us. We're kind of being a little um, self-involved, but (laughs) we worry about the problems that could potentially make us all homeless. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, where would we do this lovely podcast if, uh, if some people that are around here didn't have homes. I refuse to move in with my boyfriend. I'm an independent woman. God damn it. <laughs> I like my space. I refuse to move to a Red Cross shelter because I hear them things is bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like that's 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 the the uh that's the reality of it. If we get if we get something real bad, anybody who gets something real bad, like a lot of other places have um things set up like like Tornado Alley, there's there's uh tornado shelters um pretty much in most communities that can afford to to put the infrastructure in to do that. And a lot of people have basements in their own, uh, you know, tornado shelter or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, like here, we are not set up 
No, not we do even. not have the infrastructure for for um, an emergency like a, a, a catastrophe, a statewide catastrophe. Nope. We'd be no. all screwed. We'd be living like, you know, they did in um, New Orleans. You know, mm-hmm. and thank you, FEMA, for not actually fuck you, FEMA. Like <laughs> fuck every FEMA thing that ever happened because you suck super hard. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. So basically, get yourself a boat, uh, Californians, for the big. For the big thing, go live on your boat in the ocean while California rebuilds itself when we fall apart. Indeed, it'll it'll be Waterworld uh, for Californians. Oh, I but, love that movie. Uh, I'm down. <laughs> I don't want to drink my pee. <laughs> don't be a pussy. You have to do it in, in case of emergencies. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I'm I'm interested to see how this how this satellite uh helps with uh, storm prediction and stuff like that. And, and I predict the biggest change will be that little time lapse video on the Weather Channel will just go faster. That's it. Really? It'll yeah. be smoother. We'll all be like, ooh, eleven billion dollars for that. Yeah. Well, shit. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I, I You're welcome. Love the Weather Channel. I love to hear tax our tax dollars, dollars go I do into love that. The Weather Channel, though. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, so moving on to our next story on the docket, this, this, I, I stumbled across on the internet just totally randomly. And as soon as I saw the headline, I was like, oh, wow, this looks like some really weird social experimentation shit that I have to try. Um, so apparently some German, uh, game developers in a, in a company called Osmotic, Osmotic Studios has developed a game called Orwell. And basically, the premise of the game is that you play, uh, you know, an agent in an Orwellian type society where you are responsible for uh, scrapping social media feeds, blogs and news sites and the private communications of the nation's citizens to find those with connections to apparently a terrorist attack uh, that takes place within the, the game. and. What it kind of sets you up for, if anybody has read 1984, is, you know, being being one of the agents in that book um, that basically uh, uses anything that you do, even to the smallest gesture, as evidence of a crime and also, you know, rewriting history uh, in a way. So what do you what, did you guys read this? What do you think of it? I'm interested because I, I had the same thought you did as like super social experiment going on right here. What was that? That study they did where they they let some kids be the the inmates and some of them were the jailers. Stanford prison experiment. Yeah, yeah. It's like that only on a on a much more real scale. Because one, if you, anyone who has read nineteen eighty four knows, like the Big Brother idea was so terrifying for people when that book first came out. Like the idea that they watch everything you do and you have no privacy because. Anything you do is subject to scrutiny and, and like, and they, and the brain, oh God, I finished it a couple days before Christmas and I wanted to slit my wrists. It was so depressing and so bleak an outlook. And then to be like, okay, now we're going to examine this from the other end and you're going to be one of those, one of those people who's spying and like, where's that line? Like, where do we move from the, from the era that we're in now? Mm-hmm. Because you know this book, that book was written. When was that written? Jesus, fifties, uh, I think. Yeah, hold on, I'll check. That sounds about right. <clears throat> I don't know. I think the idea of being a part of the thought police, especially in like this day and age where it 
it has a potential to actually oh be it's a happening thing, already you know, a little bit which know, is a, why it's such a cool like when how far do you start pushing that boundary i mean how, how far are they allowed to go yeah and and oh. how much of it is uh training the next generation of thought police you know like ha- like games like right. this i'm not against like things like this this is a very it's a very good idea and it's it's probably going to be like a pretty fun game for people who enjoy um like immersive type situations like like i enjoy immersive games like that like things that have a really like heavy heavy backstory that have like a like a lot of involvement you know you you pay a lot of attention to it um i enjoy games like that now i would probably enjoy this game um but i th- find the idea of like being the thought police you know and like i wonder if it's like also a choice making game like if you can make the choice to let this terrorist attack this quote unquote terrorist attack happen like let it like actively like actively help it or Mm. like if you could be like a rogue thought police or if you can you know that kind of thing like if it's not if it's not got that option it's gonna kind of make me just feel like uh I don't know, kind of like it's it's a training module, you know, it's like basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, the premise of the game is that you're you're p- playing a detective for the thought police to try to find people to accuse of being a part of the terrorist act. And uh, I don't know if it allows for for free thinking because, you know, in it looks 1984, like it does a little bit. But yeah. but it's interesting because the way they were explaining it, they were talking about the fact that like you get to choose what. Uh, what information you deem is worthy of reporting. And sometimes uh. you'll report things. And uh, from what they were saying in the article about how like some things, it'll turn out that you, you were investigating this person, you had all this information on them, or maybe you even missed some information on them. And these things, your choices, what you, you see or don't <laughs> see, what you report or don't report come back. And so sometimes people you thought were guilty or innocent and vice versa. And, and the fact that, the idea that once you start delving into this stuff and, you know, you, you like say you, you volunteer a piece of information to your higher ups and it turns out it was something completely different things, taking things out of context. I think it's an interesting idea because despite the, I'm not sure how far, and I'm not sure if you're going to be able to actually help the terrorists or, or the other, the freedom fighters, rebellions. I don't know. I don't know how far it's going to take it, but it does look like it's a way of really making people think about, how far is too far? And in an era where they have access to all the information you put online and how much freedom do you have? How much freedom do you want? And what happens to the things that you put online? Yeah. And that you put out there. You don't think about it. We do it all the time, constantly just throwing it out there like it doesn't even matter, but it does matter. Mm-hmm. It does. And, and who's to say that in the future that that what we do say online might not come back to bite us in the ass if a scenario like this were to happen. But go ahead, sir. And I think that's why it's not going to have the same effect on people as it would uh, as it would originally. I think that because people are going through this and are like, okay, so who who cares if people know this? I don't have anything to hide that whole thing. Um, I think it's going to make it have a lesser effect. Also, 1949 is when it was written and came out. Um, I I just I feel like uh, a game like this, like because. You know, when all of it came out about the NSA and how they are, you know, watching us and and all of that stuff, you know, that that all of the NSA stuff, like people don't talk about that anymore because they don't care because it's old news. You know, like they're still doing it, but like who fucking cares now? 
I feel like if it doesn't have the effect of, oh shit, like a rude awakening kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and it also doesn't have that kind of idea where you can help or hurt or you make your, you make a choice as a thought police person, you know? Um, I feel like it, like if it's basically a telltale game, that is like a, you know, like if anybody's played like the game of Thrones telltale game or the, you know, walking dead telltale game, you can, you can, you have, options when you're like talking to people and stuff like that like mm-hmm. if it's something like that like a choose your own adventure thing where like it's probably pretty much just gonna end up shitty anyway like it's like not the game itself i mean like the situation that you're in in the game like if it doesn't no, i know what you mean where it's like the yeah. stories that like oh it gives you choice but it's not really a choice because either way it's still kind of leading you by the nose yeah there's like way. there's like, like three, no you're fucked. you're fucked no matter what you do there's like three between three and five storylines for every telltale game that you can follow like and and there there are times where you can make a choice to do this or that or the other thing and like I always do this thing when I play games like that, like I'll play the good guy first and then I'll play the bad guy and then I'll do something weird in between right. yeah. and I'll play through the game like, you know, four or five times or whatever, just choosing and seeing what I can do. Mm-hmm. And um, they almost never give me enough freedom that I want, you know, right. like never. They almost never give you the freedom that you think that you're going to get in those kinds of things like the Game of Thrones one in particular. And I really enjoyed that game. It was really well written and really well done. But like if if this kind of thing doesn't have like a whole lot of freedom which i don't imagine it's called orwell like you know right like, yeah i don't imagine it's going to have a whole lot of freedom i fi- i probably feel like i'm going to play through the storyline once and be like yeah i'm done like see you know? i really hope it does have a lot of freedom and i don't cuz partially i see no reason why it can't at this point We've had video games around. They have the ability to make it a very freeform open game for storytale wise. And like a lot of the games you're talking about that have that kind of, even though they're giving you those choices, they're kind of false choices and mm-hmm. it's still pretty linear. Most of those are based on stories and books and things that naturally have a story arc that when they're playing to fans, you kind of have to follow. I mean, I've played like I've, I haven't played the Game of Thrones ones, actually. I'd totally be down for that one. I played uh, the Fable one, and I played a couple others. But yeah, they're they're following a story arc that you have to kind of expect. But because this game, and if you saw the screenshots, it's really simple looking. Is it is it just like basic, like computer? It's very... Uh, hex- it's polygonal. Yeah, yeah. that's... Thank yeah, you. That's okay. the word they use. Um, it, but if they're going simple on that way... For in a, in any if they're gonna get anybody excited about it, they have to build the story out. Yeah, and I feel like if they give you enough choices and the way they they kind of talked about it, it seems like there's gonna be a lot of intermingling and strange like, oh, you didn't do this or you missed this or you reported this. It'll bring up other storylines, and I'm hoping the big pull here is gonna be story driven, which means they're gonna need to give you a lot of options and a lot of different and it, and if it's all nihilistic and we're all fucking fucked you're not going to be able to play it very much because you're going to kill yourself after right. two or three plays. And, yeah. and that's just a bad business plan. Yeah. Yeah. They um, want replay value. Has anybody, <laughs> has anybody ever played, um, there's a game called uh dark room. It's a, it's oh, like, yes. a, like a phone game and you have like, you can, it's, it's a resource collection game. And then there's like a couple yeah. of options that you can do to react to certain events that happen. And you can like, it's, it's, the it's one where just you start in uh, you're in a dark room and, and it's it's just words one. it's just text based 
So, um, like I really, I really enjoyed that. And it took me a long time to get through the first storyline. And I died a couple of times and I was really fucking frustrated. Like I was, <laughs> this game is like maddening with how it, it takes you a little while to get to a point where you can move on in the story that, so that's frustrating. And then there's like this, this point where you get to it and you start making these decisions and you're like, God, I'm dead. Fuck. How am I dead? I'm dead. And like, but it restarts you at a save and like you, you move on from that. But it took me like, God, it took me like two months to get to the end of that game, which is really interesting. Uh, but not as satisfying as I wanted it to be. And, and like, you're hoping that's not going to happen with this new I'm game. I'm hoping that it's not like if it's a t- like text-based polygonal, you know, like mostly that kind of thing. I hope the story is very, very, very rich and that you learn, you learn a lot more about the character that you are supposed to be playing and the characters that are these people that you are supposed to be policing, you know? So well, I, I don't know. I have must high, if you're reading through all their personal information. I yeah. have very so high weird. hopes for this game, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get too worked up about it because I get really excited about things and then they're just like, Meh. yeah. <laughs> so it, I, I've decided like games like this. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally in my head. I'm like, yeah, this is fucking still awesome. And then I get to it and it's like, eh. and like, so I just am trying to find that middle ground of like, it could be shitty in this way. And if it's not shitty in that way, I'll be like, fuck yeah, it's not shitty in that way. So, you know, like, and then I'll be really excited because I was wrong. It'll be interesting. I guess I'm interesting to, yeah. interested to see what they'll do. I'm not like super jazzed about it. I'm not like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. But I'm intrigued. I'm yeah. intrigued to see what's going to happen. It's an interesting yeah. idea. It's a very interesting idea as a social experiment. I really oh, yeah. feel like it's a gaming social experiment. So I guess we'll have to see. Are they reading our play data? Yeah, I that's Probably. that's what I want to know. Uh, Are they actually using it like Ender's Game style, where that you think you're playing a game, but actually you're helping the you're, law you're police? Right. <laughs> you're reading actual people's uh, dossiers yeah. and and helping them yeah. get convicted that, and, yeah. that and would quietly be murdered. Very in the night. interesting. Yeah, a recruiting tool by all means. Um. Uh. So. We're going to talk about a very interesting project at NASA uh, called Project Blue. And uh, take it away, Tara, because you were very intrigued by this story. I am really excited about this. This actually makes me, like, super pumped. Um, if only because of the news of uh, Stephen Hawking giving our planet a thousand years and and we have that time to uh, find oh, a planet God. and live on it. So, um, <clears throat> So NASA has discovered... Um, they have confirmed the presence of thousands of exoplanets, which are uh, planets that orbit stars uh, in just our galaxy. And so there's uh, this, this Project Blue space mission is a very pinpointed, um, has a very pinpointed directive, which makes it cheaper and faster and easier to do than a lot of other space missions, which are just kind of, let's send something out and see what's out there. Um, which makes them very expensive because they're not sure of the resources they need to use. But this has a very definite mission and zone in which it wants to go. And so they, NASA has started a Kickstarter, which now has, as of today, I checked the Kickstarter earlier, uh, about sixty-four thousand dollars from four hundred and sixty-four uh, donors? donors. Yeah, yeah donors. donors uh, mm-hmm. Like kickers, or they call them something. I don't know. But yeah. um, <clears throat> they and their their project goal is one million dollars. So 
Um, it's that's very cheap for a space mission of this of this uh this magnitude. So if you have like five ten bucks, just just toss it at NASA for Project Blue. But, but um, what is Project so Blue? So Project Blue wants to go and take pictures and possibly um they didn't mention samples, but it was mostly take pictures and analyze whether or not these exoplanets have any sort of um like life-giving amenities. Like if if there's air or water or minerals or anything that can... Probably not minerals. I think they're just going for like pictures and stuff. The, the, this is like, this is the beginning. Yes, this, this, is is, like, this is the beginning, but this is a we very... We see those planets. Let's go take a closer look. It's it's a really, really important beginning though. So it's, uh they but and they have a very specific goal at which they want to reach and, and get close enough to do this thing. Like there's no, there's no rover plan or anything. This is literally like a flyby. And, um, and now that we have the technology to send photos back and get Mm -hmm. really, actually really Mm -hmm. good quality photos from far away these days. Um, and these planets, uh, universally speaking are not crazy far away. Like these, these exoplanets, like the the confirmation of these exoplanets is extremely important because, (laughs) you know, I'm going to get into, uh, stoner talk here you know maybe they're out there the aliens you know there could be things out there like watching us and and listening to us or hearing anything that we put out over you know the the small amount of time that the human race or they could be dead planets you know they could be planets very well be that that are which would be unfortunate you know what earth is today yeah but they still could have resources that are earth-like or they could They could support some life in the future or something like that. It could and I be find a leapfrog planet to another planet. I feel very like true. I feel like it's very, very important to um to study these kinds of things to to find out if there are, you know, like fucking water pandas on other planets. Water, water pandas. pandas. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, do you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember. Did it you starts say with a, is this a thing? No, 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 no. Water. No, they're they're water bears. Oh, I did say. I mean, I said panda because I was thinking panda, panda, but they're yeah. water bears. It's water the bears. the um the tardigrades. You know, like they they can they can exist in uh in the vacuum of space for. Um, I mean, they've been studied for up to 90 days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those in the little itty bitty critters. Yeah. No, they're the water bears. I said panda, my bad, but pandas no, are adorable. Yeah, it's because you were looking yeah. at their sweater. Yeah. No, um, no, I had the same thing. I was like, oh, it's pandas. But um, yeah. but the, it's but actually yeah. been hypothesized that the, the tardigrades, which um, have also been hypothesized to be a form of, uh, you know, what made the primordial ooze that in which we you know right. came from right. um that they also came in um an asteroid or something that hit the planet mm-hmm. you know like from space like they may not be they may legitimately be an other earthly being and they've been here for longer than anything else because they can literally survive in any condition like right. they, mm-hmm. they don't need they food can or water. survive in space they don't need food or water. They do not need air. They can Long survive. Long after we're gone. They can survive in the vacuum of space. These things, I mean, people say like that thing is like a cockroach. It never goes away. It won't ever die if there's ever no, nuclear cockroaches winter. Cockroaches are like them. Cockroaches, cockroaches are like them. tardigrades. Tardigrades are like the most badass microscopic being ever. They are so awesome. Also, if you've never seen a picture, you should Google it. They are adorable. Yeah, they're actually really neat looking, but. Um, um, so if you, uh, if you go to the Kickstarter. Uh, if you um back with uh ten dollars, you get a laptop sticker, and then uh 
updates and photos and an acknowledgement on the project's website. And that's only the $10. So it gets better from there. I bet. I bet it does. And, and, uh, what, it, what that would be kickstarter.com slash, uh, project Pro- blue. Yes. Yeah. Slash projects slash project blue. Yeah. Slash projects slash project blue. But it's, it's, it's something very, if you have a couple of dollars that you don't want to throw at us, you should throw it at project blue. <laughs> so. Yeah. Also, we have a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, patreon.com forward slash uh, uh, Echoplex. Um, if you want to uh, help us out uh, here at the Echoplex with any of our shows, um, you know, that that's a great way to do it. Become one of our patrons. It helps us pay for, you know, mic cables and mic stands and uh, equipment that we need to keep this uh, podcast coming to you. We uh, promise not to every use it week. for beer. Absolutely. Or metaphorical pizza. Um, so, and, and uh, as a part of that, we, you should also know that the uh, Ecoplex uh, Media Empire <laughs> has uh, two other shows. One is uh, every Sunday night. That is the Plex. It's from uh, 6 to 9 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time. And uh, this Sunday, it will also be Ladies' Night. So uh, the Viking will be returning, as well as Fact Checker Tara here. And a few of the other Echoplex ladies will be joining us uh, for that show. That's our political show where we talk about, you know, Alex Jones derp. And uh, hopefully this weekend, we will not be focusing on the orange uh, Hitler shithead. And uh, we also have... We'll make an effort. Yeah, we will make a concerted effort. and then this Tuesday coming up, uh, it's going to be Local Love. Local Love is our uh, weekly music show, and that will also be a ladies' night. And once again, the Viking will be here, as well as Fact Checker Tara, and then any of the other ladies that will be coming through. So the Echoplex is going all ladies starting tonight through the rest of the week, and it should be a very, very fun, um, <clears throat> fun, fun time. We so, promise not to woo. We will not woo. Um, unless there's lots of medical for metaphorical pizza and beer, medical uh, forage. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I lost my words for a second. Metaphorical pizza. I lost know. my cookie down my shirt. Oh, you know, lost, cookie lost in the cleavage. Women have that problem. When we spill food, it goes right down the cleavage. Yep. It's like, it's, it's like, like a, funnel. it is, it's a gravitational it, force. Yeah, I, ate it. I just want to say, I'm, look at you funny. I'm so proud of us. This is the first time we've discussed boobs so far tonight <laughs> no it's not go us no, no i mean th- this is we the- talked a little bit about it when we were talking about ghost in the shell yeah oh and her, yeah but they're not scarlett, those were scarlett boobs. johansson's boobs now we're talking about our boobs we're discussing <laughs> boobs we're not like saying hey look at those boobs like you know that there's a difference here is there i, I have like no to idea think so. well um since there are a few of us here on the panel about ready to uh, blitzkrieg over to the local movie theater to go see Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. That's right, motherfuckers. We are going to wrap up Face for Radio tonight early. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we've had a very fun time talking about all the cool stuff on our docket tonight. And uh, remember, next week we'll be off and then we will be coming back the following Thursday, uh, 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific. Uh, with some more nerd stuff and we'll probably talk a little bit about fantastic beasts uh, and some other upcoming news so um, once again i would like to thank everybody on the panel all the ladies here tonight we have fact checker tara 
Zero monster. And SOS. Good night. Good luck. And as always, this is the Lady Viking. And to play you guys out, and I always love to use this song at the end of the show, is Phil Johnson and the Roadside Attractions with their song Geeks Don't Care. So have a wonderful evening, everyone, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Please do tune in to our other shows this week, uh, Epic Ladies Nights to Come, and uh, thank you very much for listening. anorexic like a teenage pop star and it's totally cool if you've got some scars if you want to be sure that you'll wed play the imperial march when it comes to bed he'll be the world's most faithful suitor when he sees the tattoo of captain kirk on your hooters with the geek by your side even if your butt is wide you can roll with pride through the red Free!